All right, here we go. Let's take uh, three. Rolling. This podcast is a little bit late this week because my computer broke late last week. I've had it for eight years, and it's the thing that really, the the number one tool for putting together the radio show and the podcast, and uh, it broke, and I haven't had it for a few days. So it's now Monday night at 3 a.m., and I'm trying to figure out. I've just, I've had it all day, and I've just configured it to record audio and it's not working quite right it doesn't sound quite right it's not working like usual it's like an old friend who you're trying to who doesn't recognize you anymore it's kind of sad uh so that's why the podcast is late john noreen is the guest this week it's a pretty self-explanatory one uh just a small sliver of the music business that i like some interesting stuff is coming up check wfmu.org slash michael for the list and uh Enjoy this, and uh, I hope your computer isn't broken. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Enjoy John Noreen. All right, there is the Rose Gardens here today, and joining us, as I said earlier, on the telephone, uh, co-writer of that song, I believe, John Noreen. Uh, welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm thrilled to have you on. You know, I love... I love the music business. I love the what was happening in the 1960s, and I love every part of the story. And the Rose Garden story is such a a common part, and I love to hear people tell it. It's kind of a, a some people describe the band as a one hit wonder, but you know, it seems like you were just a bunch of L.A. area kids. You got caught up in the music explosion that was happening. You formed a band. You got signed. You went through the music business ringer, and you broke up all in the matter. Matter of a few years, does this is this something that has stayed that all of those events happening? Does that color your life for your whole life? Well, it kind of does. Um, I mean, that was something that I wanted to do when I started playing music. You know, I, I started playing guitar at eleven, and then at thirteen, Jim and I and Bruce formed this band, and and so it was like what I wanted to do and it happened <laughs> and it kind of happened early on. So it's kind of been downhill from there, but uh, <laughs> not, not really, but that was kind of a goal and it, and I did it and it, I feel really good about it. You know, it's just, it's something that not very many people get to do or experience and a lot of people try, you know, so Sure, absolutely, yeah. Well, it's interesting that, you know, here we have this new reissue on Omnivore. It was kind of a deluxe package with, you know, great liner notes and extra tracks and stuff. And, you know, I'm sure throughout the years people have, you know, the record's gone out of print, but kids find it and new generations find it and people put it on compilations or things like that. It must be interesting to sort of have it come, sort of tap you on the shoulder every few years. (laughs) It is. You know, I've... I've done lots of stuff. I've been in the music business, so I've stayed in the music business, I should say. And so I've, I've done a bunch of stuff, but this is, it's still satisfying to me because like I said, it was, it was the first thing that, that, you know, I did and and I wanted to do and I did it. So it's, it's cool when it comes back up and, and somebody wants to, you know, somebody's interested in putting it on a compilation or, or like this, this album that came out. So I, I'm I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I so, feel good about it. 
So you guys, there was a band called The Blokes, basically a high school cover band, pretty much, and that band sort of right. evolved into the Rose Garden, which, now, I, I, somebody described the Rose Garden sound as the birds meets the mamas and the papas, and I know it sucks to kind of be reduced to a math equation, but first of all, <laughs> those are both great bands, and it's it's a fairly fairly apt comparison. It, you know, I'd say it that, is. yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, we we started out as a surf band, basically doing instrumentals and then and then when the beatles came out it was you know it was the game changer and so we started you know changing our stuff around our songs and and then the birds came out and we just kind of really identified with the folk rock thing and because we we also like folk music too going back you know to 63 62 and so when they came out and, and with their new sound, we just, we loved it. And so we latched onto that and, and uh, went with it. Uh, it, it seems like you got uh, interest of these two managers, Charlie Green and Brian Stone, who were managing Sonny and Cher in Buffalo Springfield and were pretty ambitious guys. How did they find you? Well, when we, when we added Diana to the band, she had a manager he got us to be by a bunch of people and some of those people, a couple of those people were Brian and Charlie and, um, they evidently liked what they heard and they signed us and got us to deal with, uh, Records, which was a big company. Yeah. Part of Atlantic, big company. It's a big deal. You start recording uh, at Gold Star where Phil Spector, Will Brian, Brian Wilson liked to work. This is right around 1966 or so. How old were you at that time? At that time, 66, um, I was 16. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> that is, well, it's just right. amazing. I mean, it's incredibly young. Yeah. Well, I, I was the youngest. Like I said, you know, I started early, and and the guy Jim and Bruce were, you know, Bruce was five years older than I was, and Jim was three years older than I was. I was the the little one. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting. The photos in the booklet sort of show because they show some pictures of the blokes, and it shows just how quickly style evolved during the 1960s yeah. and music evolved with that. When did you get your first uh, 12 string guitar? I got that January of 66. And that was uh, a big deal because, you know, the, the birds came out 65 summer, somewhere around there. And so, like I said, we were like, we latched onto that sound and that style really quickly and and so I did everything I could do to get one of those 12 strings because that was like that was the sound at that time do you remember what it cost and do you still have it yeah yeah I still have it it cost $600 then that's a fortune it, it was a fortune and I, and I had to beg my parents <laughs> I had to beg my parents big time one of the interesting things about the CD is uh, Gene Clark's involvement, and there's two songs on on the CD that uh, 
Gene never recorded or released, I think, or the you know in in, in any form. And there's a great story about. Uh, I th- and tell me if I've got this right. Uh, you guys are opening for him. He he loves it. He joins you on stage and ends up in your bedroom showing you guys a song. And on the <laughs> on the yeah. CD is a recording made in your bedroom of of basically the first right. time you guys are kind of running through this Gene Clark song. You know, obviously we were fans of his after he left the Birds and. So we went down to the Ashgrove down on Melrose in Hollywood, and, and uh, we went to see him. And um, Bruce, on a break, went up to him and started talking to him and said, you know, you should hear our band, you know. And he goes, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, Bruce kept hammering on him. And so he, he said, well, I tell you what, he says, there's, a, I think, Sunday here. There's like a, you know, what's now called an open mic night, you know, and uh, you come down here, I'll be here because I think I have to do a, you know, like a, a show that day and come down there, I'll listen to you guys. So we were like ecstatic and, uh, and so down there and, uh, and scared to death and we got up on stage and we saw him back there in the back of the club. And uh, we did uh, one or two songs. I really don't remember because it it was so traumatizing to me (laughs) that he was back there. And so I was like scared to death. And uh, we played uh, maybe Tambourine Man, I think. And then Jim says, you know, uh, we're going to we're going to do a feel a whole lot better a song called Feel a Whole Lot Better, and uh, if Gene's uh, in the back there, if he wants to come on up and join us, you're welcome to. And so he came running up on stage and a big grin and grabbed a tambourine, and and we played, you know, a couple couple more songs. We played that song, and I think we did Eight Miles High and something else. And uh, so that that was this. That's how we got hooked up with him and um uh one time he called us and said that he had a uh a song that he written for us and uh but he didn't have a demo of it because he hadn't done that yet but he'd like to play it for us so he came over we told him asked him if he'd come out to the house and he did (laughs) shockingly and um he came over and in my bedroom i had a tape recorder because i used to tape record everything that the band did and I tape recorded him doing the song till today. And I tape recorded him doing it by himself. And then I, after we played it a few times, I, I turned on the machine again and recorded all of us singing the song together. And um, that's the one that's on the Rose Garden album. The the song of just him doing Till Today is on uh, the Gene Clark Sings for You album, which is another release on Omnivore. Oh, yeah, that just, just came out. Yeah. 
the band went on a bunch of uh, group tours, the kind of tours that were common at, at that time, right. playing with some amazing bands, including you know Chuck Berry and some of the kind of founders of rock and roll. Was that super fun for a, you know a teenage kid like yourself? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That that had a lot. That was a lot of pressure, <laughs> but but um, yeah, it was it was a great. T- time and and we got to see and meet so many people glenn campbell we played with association neil diamond you know all sorts of people and and we did a lot of tv shows and we did american bandstand and a bunch of local la stuff that uh there's one that they used to film on the beach called groovy (laughs) and uh yeah and and it was great, and and they would have the whole thing out on like Santa Monica Beach, and that would that'd be where the show originated from. And it was it was a ball. It was a great time. It sounds like it was groovy. Uh, so were you guys yeah. were you guys partiers? Were you guys? I mean, there were so many drugs around at that time. Was that part of your guys' lifestyle? Um, maybe some of the older guys but I couldn't get into a lot of places because of my age. And that was uh, a real big bummer for me because <laughs> I wanted to go with everybody else, you know, when, when they went to the, the trip or, you know, the whiskey or something, uh, you know, I couldn't go. I was just, yeah. Well, maybe so bl- I was just blessing in disguise, possibly. I don't know. Perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps. Uh, so the record comes out, and you, you're doing this touring, and I, it went to number 176 on the charts. You guys made another single, I believe, and then you basically broke up. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of that story. Like you said, you've stayed in, in the music business. You've uh, played, I believe, with John Davison for five years. You moved to Nashville. You played in a polka band. You're obviously a guy who uh, just just wants yeah. to stay in music, and, and and you've managed to do that. You know, it's funny because in some ways, you know, the Rose Garden is – uh, you know, not a huge success, but like you said, it, it, it was a success. And I read in the liner notes uh, at the time when this was released, 200 singles were being released every single week, which is, you know, so to, uh, to stack up uh, against that kind of uh, competition is, is pretty amazing. Uh, Next Plane to London, I believe, went to number 17 in 1967, right? It did. It did. That's a pretty big hit. Yeah, pretty big hit. I would say so. I would say so, and and I'm I'm pretty proud of it. And I'm I just I feel blessed that that we could do that and that we did it. It was just like you said, the, the numbers, the odds. It's like you know going to Vegas, you know, and trying to win a jackpot. You know, the, the odds are against you of it happening. But we had uh, you know a sound that they were willing to take a chance on and um if the draft hadn't been there and because that's what pretty much broke us up if if that hadn't been there we we may have gone on longer because because we had that second single they put out but they, then they they pulled it because the, you know two members of the band were gone so uh is everybody still friendly now is everyone still alive yeah, everybody's still alive. Um, the guys, uh, I, I just recently, uh, through this project, uh, 
have had some contact with Diana. We haven't, um, uh, I haven't spoken to her in, in absolutely, you know, since the Rose Garden. So that was kind of fun. Uh, the other, the guys, the rest of the guys, we, we've stayed in, um, close contact because we were friends before we were a band really, you know, so it was a pretty special uh, thing that happened to a bunch of friends. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing that, uh, and it's funny to speak to Diana, you know, f- after 50 years of not talking to somebody, it's, uh, but to have Jeez, this, has it been that long? <laughs> and, but to have this sheer, this, this shared thing between you that, you know, it's like a baby that, you know, unites you. It does. It's, it's, it's not any different than people that go to war, you know, that have better in the same platoon or whatever. And they, and they rely on each other and they go through experiences together and come out on, hopefully come out on the other side and they're lifelong friends, you know, and, and that's kind of what it was in the band. Is the whole thing sort of bittersweet for you or is it most, mostly positive? No. No, it's very positive. I mean, I, it. I just feel blessed. Like I said, that that I was able to do that. You can't buy that for any amount of money. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, let's hear next plane to London from the Rose Garden. The CD is called "The Trip Through the Garden," a Rose Garden collection. It's out on Omnivore and John Noreen. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Is there anything else I need to know about this recording or about this song or about, uh, did, did you guys know when you were recording it, that this would be the single, that this would be the song that you'd be remembered for? No, not really. Uh, it was, it was one of many that, that were given us and, but it was the most accessible, if you will, you know, to the charts and, uh, and I'm surprised that it, uh, did well yeah uh john noreen thanks for joining us let's hear uh your your big hit now and uh good luck with this uh new project thanks michael i appreciate it the next flight to london will be morning in five minutes next plane to london leaving on runway number five
chart I'm on the next plane to London Leaving on runway number five Next plane to London